Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you know what time it is. Time to hang out with Mr. Cool. With Mr. Koopa, with Mr. Koopa, with Mr. Koopa, Lady School. From Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa. Hey, we're Mr. Koopa, we're Mr. Koopa, we're Mr. Koopa, we're Mr. Koopa. From Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa. Welcome to the Bit Scoop with Coop. I'm your host, Coop. Guys, we ended season three the other day. Today, right now, is the first episode of season four of the Bit Scoop with Coop. We're doing big things, guys. Um, make sure you tell all your family, your friends, your associates, even your haters to tune in right now live at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Bit Scoop with Coop. Make sure you check out the website also, thebitscoopwithcoop.com. Um, you can find me on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Blueberry. If you can't find me, just Google me. But, guys, enough about me. Today's guest, all I'm going to say is wow on this one. Um, it's an honor to have her on my show. And you're probably saying, who is her? So I'm about to get into that right now. I have a very talented director on my show today. If you're a big Lifetime um, fan, you've probably seen her movie already, uh, Mother May I Sleep With Danger. She has two, she done two shorts. She's very educated, went to school, got her college degree and Bachelor of Arts in advertising. Um, she has done a lot, and her, her record speaks for itself. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Melanie Aikenhead. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. How's your day today? Oh, it's been good. You know, how's uh, how's your day? Oh man, it's been it's been a blast. I'm gonna put it like that. And now I have you on the show, so this is great. We're opening up season four of the show right now. So I was telling people already that you know about your big movie that's actually out already. Um, we will talk about that in a minute. But uh, Melanie, also on this show, we always talk about how you started in your career, your success, yeah. give advice on how to get into your career, and so much more. And the people worldwide, I know they're ready to hear this also, guys. So I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to ask you the first question that everybody wants to know. When did you realize that you actually want to um, you know, get into the movie industry? Yeah, um, you know, it was one of those things since I was a kid. I've, um, it's one of those stories that, like, I used to watch a lot of movies. I was, like, fascinated with Jurassic Park, E.T., you know, Spielberg. Um, and I would watch movies and just, uh, I was, you know, growing up in Guatemala, Central America. And uh, mm-hmm. I'd just be like, I can't, I want to, you know, I want to be involved with movies. If, 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 if cinema has the power you know, to transport me to a new world, to make me feel things I've, you know what I mean, hadn't felt as a young kid, um, and to have that power to influence people. I was like, I want to be a part of that. And uh, so I was always fascinated with the uh, movies and TV, and, um, you know, I knew from early on that that was my passion, you know, my calling. And, uh, you know, I just... Uh, had to find a way to do it. You know, being here in Guatemala, you didn't have that many, you know, options as far as like, oh, you know, let me go check out that film school in the corner. Well, that film school doesn't <laughs> exist. You know what I mean? 
see, and I understand where you're coming from on that because I'm in North Carolina, so I can't say, hey, let me go up the street to a film school also. <laughs> so I definitely understand where you're coming from on that. It is very – when you, I guess when you're young and you get that ambition that you know you're ready to get into movies and television, it's in your head, you will do everything you can possible to actually make it to that spot, especially if it stays in your head from a child all the way up to an adult. So I want to congratulate Yeah, and I think it's like what you said call. is like what you were saying, Michael, it's like that, um, you know, you just that passion that you have, that ambition. And what it mm-hmm. is is like it's a big, it, it's a big ambition to have. You know, it really as is. a young kid. Um, but, I mean, I was blessed that, um, I, I, you know what I mean? Because you can have, the, you have big ambitions and sometimes, you know, throughout life, like when you're growing up, you're like, oh, you know, maybe I should focus on something else. And, you know, and I did have those um, um, advice, that, that advice given to me by other people, you know, like uh, they were like, you know, maybe you should think of a, sec- of a different career or, you know what I mean? But it's just like when you know that the there's just one thing you want to do in this world, then it's 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 just easier to be like no, you know I gotta even if it takes me 20 years or whatever I have to I have to make movies. And and you see, and it's funny that you said that because I think people that's not in this industry they don't understand the true passion of the industry. Um, I've been in two movies getting ready for my third, um, and you got people that's out there working customer service jobs and factories and everything. They're like, no, maybe you just need to be a manager here or start off in this company here. They don't understand the true passion when you have it inside of you to do this, just because one person don't see it, that doesn't mean it's not important for the next. So I'm glad you didn't listen to these other people, Melanie, and you scratched and clawed and you climbed your way to where you're at now. So I want to congratulate you you ahead of time for yeah, knocking out the naysayers, and you're doing what you're doing well. So thank, thank you, you thank for you. that. Yes. Now, um, like I told everybody earlier that's listening worldwide, you know, you've actually done tremendously in this industry, and you've actually done, um, and you wrote and directed um, two short films, if I'm not mistaken, um, De La Ville and Ricky's Baby. Am I correct? Yeah, I yeah I wrote and directed Moments yeah Moments and um, Ricky's Baby I directed someone okay. else a friend of mine wrote it yeah so tell everybody what both of those movies are about yeah definitely you know um, so I'm fascinated by relationships like romantic relationships and uh, um, you know what that entails and the uh, challenges that are faced when you're in a romantic uh, relationships. So the first one dealt with infidelity, uh, and not like it dealt with the jealousy of the boyfriend. Um, she went on a uh, she went on a trip to France, and then they come back, and the the movie revolves around an argument, and basically he's trying to get her to confess that she was with another guy in France, but she wasn't with another guy. And then at the end, just because you know she realizes that he's not gonna stop, and that. What's, you know, what's more important to him is to find out whether she was with someone else or not than it is, you know, to believe in the trust in the relationship. So she decides to, to lie and tell him that she was with someone else and that um, whoever she was with was, you know, she was better than he was, and then she walks out of the apartment. So I'm, like, fascinated with arguments between... So, like, if you've seen the movie Closer, 
Ah, by Mike Nichols. Like, I love those type mm-hmm. of movies where there's people arguing and um, really dealing with the insecurities that you face with, with a romantic partner. And then Ricky's baby felt uh, there was a couple, and uh, she was a famous musician, and he has this car, you know, uh, that he loves, um, a firebird, and he loves really much, and then she falls pregnant, um, and they don't have the means to, to um, take care of the baby or to have the baby. So then he, instead of supporting her, he suggests an abortion. Um, wow. So then the movie kind of, yeah, the movie kind of spirals in the sense of, like, she was hoping for him to be like, hey, you know, I'm going to be there for you. Like, we'll make it work. And his, his words are, you know, we need to have an abortion. So then the movie revolves around, he realized, he, you know, quickly realized how, um, what he did, so he goes and he sells his car that he loves the most, and then they, it's a happy ending. <laughs> then they get back together, and uh, we don't see when the baby's born, but, you know, they're a happy couple. Nice. Now, do you think there will be any sequels to either one of these movies in the future? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to do some work. I wrote a script that's uh, based on the on Moments of Ill, which is uh, the about infidelity, and um, mm-hmm. I would love to do that feature eventually. As far as Ricky's Baby, um, yeah, I don't think there will be a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I don't, yeah. yeah. I had to learn a lot about cars. I didn't know much about cars for that movie. Cars are, nice. yeah. <laughs> now, as far as it goes for uh, the industry, before I even get into that, um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I just got to say congratulations again on those two shorts because you're proving your work, and that's Thank how you. you actually are getting into bigger and better things also that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So congratulations yeah. again, Melanie. You're you're doing it big, girl. Oh, you oh. really are. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. You're, you're awesome. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Now, um, let's talk about the movie industry for a minute or two. Now, my personal opinion, well, before I even get into my personal opinion, you know, within the, the last 10 to 20 years, the movie industry has, to me, has been going, had its ups and downs, just like television and just like music. Everything has its ups and downs. But how do you feel about the movie industry within the last 10 to 20 years? Do you feel like that right now we're at an all-time high? Or do you feel like that it's going down on the slope again? How do you really feel about it? Yeah, you know, I think, I really do think that uh, the industry you know, in the past 10 to 20 years, like, it has uh, the, the possibilities of, uh, like, the, the industry has improved in my mm-hmm. eyes in the sense that, like, we – I mean, just look at TV, like the amazing, you know, content content that's being created uh, in TV and uh, just how daring a lot of the series are. And um, I really, you know, the ability that you can go shoot a, a movie with your iPhone. But, you know what I mean? If you have, you know, a good DSLR camera, you can, you can really just go uh, make your own short. And I really feel like, um, you know, TV is uh, really has, uh, change the industry and uh, for the better and I you know it's like it's a steady climb like like you said I don't think we've we've quite gotten there but I do think that like the industry is aware of you know the gender inequality or you know um, certain other issues and I think it's not something that can just be fixed with a magic wand 
I, you right. know, I, I always try to hope for the best, and I'm ho- I, I feel like the industry, just maybe because of my experience with Mother May I Sleep with Danger, um, just uh, you know, all of the key positions were women. Uh, we were all working well on set. There were no, uh, nobody was being treated differently, you know, based on their gender or their race. It was just, uh, we were just all there making, trying to make, you know, the best possible. And I feel just because I've had that experience, I have to say, I feel like the industry, you know, is, is getting to a better place. Good. And I can agree with that, um, on an overall perspective that it is getting to a better place. Um, I feel that there still could be a few tweaks that could be done, and that's in yeah. any industry. But overall, it's gotten better because, you know, people are playing more of the diversity card, and that's one thing that I mm-hmm. do like. Um, and they're not saying at the same time, well, you're this certain race. Um, we're not going to actually let you do this. It's, the door is opening slowly more and more. And I'm I'm actually seeing it. It is open a little bit slow, but it's opening. Um, even down to the Academy Awards all the way up. So it's it's mm-hmm. doing a good job and I feel that since they're actually looking at diversity and they're giving women a chance at the same time to direct like like what you're doing. And I'm gonna talk about yeah. that in a few seconds. Um and you know, everybody has that chance. Now if you're and, and people that's listening worldwide, don't don't take this the wrong way, what I'm about to say, but even though they're opening up the doors for diversity and giving people with different sex and different genders a chance in the industry, but if you're not talented, you, you can't get but so far. You got to know your craft, and if you don't know your craft, you can't yell out or play the race card or play the gender card. You can't do it if you come in there blindsided. You don't know what you're doing, so People that's listening right now, if you want to get to the level where Melanie at and a lot of other people that's, that's been on this show in the past and people that's listening right now that's very talented, you got to know your craft. So everybody get out there, study, 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 learn. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And when you do that, you can actually get to where you want to get to. You have a better chance to. Now, um, I, I, I agree with you. Yes. Now, speaking of learning your craft, Wow. Uh, Melanie, how hard was it for you when you first started? I mean, from not the part of when you was a child, but when you said, okay, I'm about to put my hands on this. I want to get in this industry. I want to kick this door down, and I'm going to get to where I want to get to. How hard was it for you starting as learning how to be an actor and and directing? How hard was it to get to the level you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely, it definitely, you know, like, with everything, like when you're starting it, everything has its challenges. I think, um, you know, it's one of, like when we were talking about before, having that passion, when you're so sure that that's what you want, then you just got to go full force. Then when you, you know, when you open the door for the first time, like the first film class, like that I took, uh, my first class was a summer program at USC and it was beginning filmmaking. And you are putting groups, and you each alternate roles, and you go out and, you know, you direct one, you produce one, you, you are the cinematographer on the other one. And that was amazing because I really got to learn what each position entailed and what position I was gravitating towards to more. You know, was it producing or was it directing? Like, what was it? And I quickly found, like, you know, I mean, even though before I was like, 
oh, I, I kind of knew what the director did, but I really didn't know how much until you actually, like, and you mentioned it before, like, you actually study it. So then I went to this class, and I was like, oh, I definitely, you know, I want to direct. But you quickly realize, like, you need to learn so much because the first move, you know, the first little short I did, I didn't know anything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. you didn't cut well together. <laughs> um I had to learn so much, then I was like, okay, if I want to uh, get to the level of d the directors that I see, you know, in the cinema or in TV, I was like, I need to work and I need to study. So, you know, I was 23 and I was like, I, I, I got to find a way. So I, I also quickly knew that I needed, here's the thing, there's two sets of people. Some people think that uh, they're like, and they don't, they're like, I don't think film school is worth it. And that's great. If you have the discipline to be like, well, I'm going to, you know, make five shorts in a year, as an example, or I'm right. going to, you know, self, I'm going to go on YouTube and watch videos every day. Like, I'm going to self-study. If you have a discipline, then, then great. I knew that I would benefit from a film school. And I knew that uh, going to USC, getting my master's at USC was going to put me to, you know, to be able to get to the level that I wanted to get um, in my career before entering the business. So, you know, um, I guess I just, you know, I had its challenges. I started USC and then I just worked really hard and I crewed in every position. You know, I was a PA, I was an AD, I was in all this different stuff. So then now that, you know, I mean, I'm working as a director, I'm really, I understand what every people is going through and what they're doing on set. And, right. um, so, yeah, to go back to your question, I think it's just I, I knew early on that I had to work hard and study. Um, and, you know, I, USC really helped me in honing my talent uh, because there's one thing, you know, to have talent, but talent can only take you so, you know what I mean? Talent may be right. 10%, but you, the rest, you got to work hard for it, you know, and That's by true. working hard, you develop talent. So true. So true. Um, I'm going to mention a name to you, and I, I want to see how much this name means to you. Um, James Franco. <laughs> he, yeah. Exactly. I knew you were going to giggle off of that one. I knew you were. So how, yeah. James is how, the man. how did this happen? How, how did this happen, though? Like, he he told you he wanted you to direct, you know, Mother May I Sleep With Danger. How did you all two yeah. connect? Yeah, okay, so we connected because while I was doing my master's at USC, you know James uh, teaches at USC once a year, and uh, right. they, the faculty chooses 10 directors. And, you know, a lot of people apply for a position, but the faculty chooses 10 directors, and I was one of those 10 selected. So once you're one of those 10 selected, you go get into – James's class and what his class is is he gives you the opportunity to do a feature with him but the way it works is it's not one not you know every director goes and does one feature no it's one feature and mm -hmm. there's 10 directors in you know directing that same movie so wow. it was based on his move on his book called actors anonymous so we each each had 12 minutes of that film uh, that we were directing, but obviously because we're 10 directors on the same movie, we all have to be very involved in every creative decision. But then James also acts in this movie, 
so not only was you know he he was my professor he also um he had four scenes in this movie and i three out of those four scenes i had to direct so i really uh got a chance to work one-on-one with him um on set and uh you know we we worked really well together and uh, i was very fortunate enough that um he liked my work so then we started developing another project um and then after, you know continued developing this project and then he reached out a couple of months after that and he was you know i have this lifetime movie called mother my sleep with danger would you be interested in directing now you, you heard those giggles before right yes i did <laughs> I was, do, do those giggles multiply by 100 that's how excited i was i was like wow I was, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. I was like, what's the story about? And he was like, it's a lesbian vampire movie. And I was hooked. I was like, yes. <laughs> and uh, so then uh, he sent me the script. I read it in the next hour or so, you know. And I was like, just replied yes. And then I talked on the phone, and then we started developing the story. I'm yeah. surprised you waited That's an how hour. We so like I said, USC has really helped me. <laughs> Yes. I'm surprised you actually waited an hour. I'm surprised you, after the first two pages, you didn't say, yes, I'll do it and continue to keep reading. Uh, I'm very shocked. But the thing is, you <laughs> replied back. <laughs> and, I mean, and here's you, the thing. You know, maybe you know you're going to do it because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lifetime. It's like it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge opportunity. But you still, you know, I mean, I still wanted to read the script. So when I talked to him, I was able to be like, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wow. Now, and, and here's a question I, I want to know. So, okay, James reached out to you and asked you to direct, and you say yes. Now, did you have to meet up with any lifetime executives? Like, did you have to do an interview through them also? You know, I was really blessed that because James was vouching for me, nobody questioned it. Nice. So, you know, it was amazing. I mean, James, you know, because we had worked together, so he knew how I worked. He could vouch for me. He understood, um, yeah, he, like, understood my work. So Lifetime and Sony were very, very supportive and very comfortable with the decision. Wow, nice. So what yeah. do people, in, and for the directors that's listening right now, this question is really more for them what I'm about to ask you. When you go into a meeting, let's say Lifetime called you up and they say you did so well with Mother May I Sleep With Danger, we want you to come direct another film. But we want you to come into the office and we want to ask you, uh, we want to get to know you a little bit better. What questions do you think they actually ask when you're inside of those type of interviews? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like this is just guessing, right? Because I never had, I haven't, uh, gone through it, but I definitely right. think one of the most important questions would be, okay, can you can you shoot seven to eight pages a day? How fast can you shoot? Can you deliver a movie unbudget or under budget? And can you get it at the schedule that you know what I mean that they will make you do it for? Because you know a lot of stuff is like like Mother Mercy with Danger, we shot fifteen to sixteen days, so we were shooting like eight pages a day. And uh, um, I think th- I think what they want to know is just that if they can uh, trust the director to make sure they can deliver not only a good product, 
with a product that is going to come on budget and on schedule. Because if you go over, then you know you lose you lose them a lot of money. Right. And and that makes perfect sense. That really does. And I'm glad you answered that question. That does make perfect sense. Now, what is the difference between the 1996 version and this year, 2016? For oh, Mother May, I um, uh, we revamped it completely. Uh, we, of course, kept certain elements. You know, we brought Tori Spelling and Yvonne Sergey back, and uh, we kept, you know, little elements that if you were a fan of the original, you will notice in this remake that we kept, you know, little things like the dinner scene, you know, the relationship between the mom and the daughter. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was a completely new story. And um, it was James's idea to do, you know, to do it this way. And I think it was great to, uh, to be able to change it so much because, you know, we are portraying important themes. And in 1996, um, you know, it's a woman in peril, right? It's a woman right. dealing with an abusive guy, you know. And uh, what I, what we really liked about this revamp and the big difference is that you have stronger female characters. And, uh, you know, it's more pertinent to the times we're living, you know. They, um, with uh, their sexual orientation. Um, and then the vampires. And uh, so I think it was... a. Uh, complete revamp because it was definitely warranted for the times we're living. Okay. Well, everybody that's listening worldwide right now, make sure, cause I think it didn't actually um, air on June the 18th. Yeah, on Lifetime. Yeah. Guys, make sure you still go to Lifetime. Look for this movie, everybody. This is a good movie that you have to see. You will see Melody in her prime. I mean, she's directing this movie and she has done a lot, like I said before. Everybody, make sure you check her out. Make sure you check out all of her work and make sure you follow her so you can see everything else that's actually happened during her career. And trust me, guys, her career is not over nowhere soon. So she has still to have a lot to go, a lot to do. And I, once again, I congratulate her for everything she's done. She's made a hit on Lifetime and she's actually still doing big things. Now, um, what was it like behind the scenes of Mother May I Speak, um, Sleep With Danger? Uh, how was the atmosphere with the cast and the crew? Yeah, it was, it was so great. It was, um, you know, going back to what I was mentioning before, it was Lifetime is very supportive of their, uh, you know, the vampire and what they're trying, you know, what they're building. The vampire, you know, empowering women uh, in front of the camera and behind the camera. And also, you know, James really brings a great vibe to the set. And, uh, you know, I, the, the network, the studio, the, the crew, everybody that was working there, we were working, you know, a lot of nights during the, uh, during the holidays. Uh, we were shooting in cemetery. It was really cold in Los Angeles. Um, but everybody was such a team player and uh, really working together to make the best movie possible. There were no, um, you know, again, like going back to James giving me this opportunity, there were no, like, nobody was second-guessing you, you know? Everybody was just, because it's such a fun movie, uh, everybody was just having a great time doing it. Nice. So really, um, yeah, 
love how Lifetime was so supportive and how, like I said, every key position was a woman. So it really felt like we were doing something special. Nice. Now, how was it like working with Tori Spelling? What was that like? No, I, yeah, had the privilege of working with Tori Spelling, and uh, we've talked about, you know, hopefully, you know, doing another movie together because I, she's just such a kind-spirited uh, person. She's very humble, uh, hard worker, and um, you know, she likes to talk about her character. She likes. She listens to the director's idea. Then she, but she also comes with good ideas about her own character. And uh, I thought um, she was just such a joy to work with. Um, she brought her daughter to set one day, and she's so lovely. You know, such a great mother and a great artist. So I would be, you know, of course, honored to work with her again. Cool. Big shout outs to Tori Spelling. If you're listening right now, big shout outs to you. Um, Tori, I'm still thinking of you of the 90210 days. I'm still, I'm sorry, you're not going to ever yeah. grow up in my head. You're always going to be a teenager in my head. So when I see you in this in this movie and see you, well, see you in different movies and everything, and you're an adult, you're supposed to be on the beach running around with, with Dylan and all them other guys. I mean, I'm sorry, you, you're going to be the teenager to me. But, but for real, though, I, I like what you're doing, Tori. Big shout-outs to you. Keep doing what you're doing also. Um, Melody, you are, I mean, it's amazing on your story from from a childhood all the way up, and you're doing a lot of different things. Um, and talking about different things, can you tell everyone about the movie Actors Anonymous? Yeah. Actors Anonymous was the first uh, movie that I did, that I worked with James, and that's how I met James. And that's the movie that uh, we did through USC, uh, and it has 10, you know, different directors and uh it's about, you know, the not it's a side of Hollywood that it's not, you know, sometimes people think of Hollywood, the red carpet and the glamorous side. But behind hmm. all that, you know, there's people that are really trying to make it, you know, and it, it, it uh, follows two actors who are trying to make it in Hollywood, the ups and the downs, the heartbreak. And uh, it's not an easy town um, to make it, especially as an actor. So... The good thing about Actors Anonymous is we really portrayed the other side of Hollywood that is rarely seen. And uh, James Franco has a he plays Jake Lamont, which is he plays like the famous actor in Hollywood in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the movie is based on the novel that James wrote by the same title, Actors Anonymous. Cool. All right. I, Everybody yeah. make sure you find it. Yes. I like it. I like your work. Thank you for everything. Um, how can your fans find you on social media? Yeah, I'm at at Mel Aikenhead. Uh, that's uh, Instagram, and I'm at Mel Eight Key. So my last name cut in half, Eight Key, at Twitter. Got you. Got you. Everybody, make sure you follow Melanie. You have to, man. Amazing things that she's doing. Follow her career, and she's going to tell the story on social media through the pictures and her tweets and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel that social media is a big, important deal for today's time in the industry? You know, um, it's funny. Social, yeah, I think. I mean, I think it definitely is. But I also think there's. Um, I think the most important, if you're, try, you know, if you're an artist, if you're a director, if you're an actor, you know, whatever it is you do that you want to try to make it in Hollywood. I think. It's some people uh, put 
all their power on social media, you know, and and truly so in the sense that, like, you are hearing more and more the cases where, like, studios are like, well, you know, what's the social media presence on this actor? And if the presence is bigger than the other actor, they're most likely are going to go with the one that has a bigger presence on social media. But mm-hmm. that being said, you know, social media is like a whole other world where you don't want to, you want to spend most of your time creating art and working on your craft. And then you can post on social media, you know. But if you if you if you just uh, if you make social media become your only tool to get yourself out there, then I, I do feel like your your work is lacking, you know. So I feel like it's important to yeah. use social media to to you know have a presence to like you know we post a lot of uh, pictures from behind the scenes from the movie or like you know ways to promote the movie or to promote ourselves, but. Um, I do think that, like, I, I see a lot of artists in Hollywood um, spending too much time on social media, and I feel like the most important thing is to spend time working on your craft. Amen. <laughs> I agree with that. I <laughs> definitely do. I had that talk with a certain person. I'm telling you, I've tried to talk with a certain person about that also for the last couple of days, so I definitely agree with you. Uh, Melody, I know you're a busy person, so I'm not going to hold you up much longer, but what is your ultimate goal as a movie director? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimate goal is a very, you know, it's a strong word, and uh, ultimate being like... um, I think more importantly, rather than the ultimate goal, I think it's uh, there are many goals that I have, and you know, just to keep making movies and movies. So you know, the there's a I had a goal this year to do another feature. I'm gonna be doing another feature in a, in a month. So then, keep tackling those goals um, one by one, rather than like having a one ultimate goal. Most importantly, because if I have just one ultimate goal. I feel like I'll always be thinking or working towards that moment in time that's in the future rather mm-hmm. than be focused on the, on the present and be like, okay, what's the goal that I'm tackling now? And uh, so I try to not have one ultimate goal. I, I think um, I have many goals, and the many goals that I have are, you know, to keep creating content. And if I can keep creating content, whether it be in uh, features or whether it be in TV movies or episodic, um, then I'm accomplishing those goals, and I'm happy and blessed. I love that answer. And, Melody, what advice would you give any male or female that wants to come into the movie industry or television industry as a director or actor, or they just want to get their foot in the door? What advice would you give them? Yeah, I, you know, there's this, um, there's this book. It's called Mindset. And uh, the, the advice I would give is, you know, this book talks about growth mindset and fixed mindset and uh the the you need to have a growth mindset growth mindset meaning that you don't you know sometimes we're um in society we're told that like you either have it or you don't have it right you Mm -hmm. so when once you start in an industry you will say well you will go do your first movie but if your movie doesn't do that well then you immediately equate the failure you take it personal and you equate it with ah i'm not good i should focus on something else and that's a fixed mindset. And what you need to cultivate is a growth mindset in the sense of like, oh, I did this movie, but let me do another one and another one and another one. And sure enough, once you've done, you know, I don't know, 20 or something or maybe five, you will, you, people will start hiring you for what you're doing. 
but only because you keep focusing on your art and don't, you know what I mean? I understand that, like, you know, like, Picasso didn't just grab a canvas, right, and started painting and he was Picasso. No, he probably, he did, he worked for years and then he became Picasso. So whatever, whoever wants to get into this industry, everybody, I, I really feel like everybody can make it if you have a strong work ethic and understand that you're not going to get the, the Oscar-winning movie on your first feature. So you just got to nice. keep you know, popping them up. Nice. Melody, I want to say thank you again for coming on the show. Um, I would love to have you back on the show in the future. I would definitely love Thank you, love Michael. It's that. been great talking to you, and uh, it would be an honor to be back on your show in the future, hopefully. All right. All right, guys. I hope everybody got an earful off of this. Um, make sure you take all the advice that Melody just said. If you're trying to get into this industry, follow her. Follow her. Follow her. Instagram, Twitter. Keep up with her. Check out Mother May I Sleep With Danger. Try to find everything on Melody. I'm telling you guys, you will love what you'll see. Well, guys, that's the end of um, episode one, season four of the Bit Scoop with Coop. For Melody and myself, until next time, everybody. Thank you.